Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. Today, the title of my message is The Power in Thanksgiving. The Power in Thanksgiving. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time. Come on, say, look at your neighbor and say, it's time to give thanks unto the Lord. See, we understand that we are the church and the church directly opposes Satan and his demonic forces. Amen. We stand as a unified body in Christ, standing in the power and the anointing that we receive through Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit and his word. I said standing in the power and the anointing. Jesus had an anointing. He had a power on him. And as he ministered unto the people, because of that anointing, because of that power, people were set free. Demons were cast out. People were healed. Come on. This power is still working today in the earth. How many know that when Jesus ascended up to heaven, something stayed on the earth? It was Christ or the anointed or the anointing. Do you know that Jesus Christ, Christ is not his last name. That word Christ means the anointing. That anointed stayed on the ground or stayed on the earth, but Jesus ascended. And that anointing today is in the church. It is in the body. It is in me and you today to be a witness everywhere that we go. We are a witness because we have been given power. We have been given an anointing, a grace to do what he's called us to do. See, it is given through Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit and his word. In Acts chapter 16, go ahead and turn there, a very familiar passage of scripture. Acts 16, and it says, and this is about Paul and Silas, as we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her own owners much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. Isn't it amazing that even people that are demon-possessed, that are under the domain of Satan, can recognize what is on you? They can recognize what's in you? Have you ever been in a moment when you're around somebody that thinks they're spiritual, really is just demonic, but they see that there's something in you? It's the Spirit of God. It's an anointing. Come on. It says that this woman recognized that these are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. We have to live boldly and audaciously the faith that God has given us through Jesus Christ. We have to. We are not a silent church. We are not a weak church. We are not a dead church. We are a church that is alive in Christ, that is walking worthy in the manner that he has called us to live unto. We are living according to what he has done through his son Jesus. Today, you and me can or can partake of this gospel. Come on, how many of you are a partaker today? We can partake of the very gospel that he has given through his son Jesus. Today we know that it's by grace through faith that we are saved. 
And it said that she kept doing this for many days. And Paul, having becoming greatly annoyed, we need to learn how to get irritated or annoyed when it comes to the things of this world. We can't just go with it and say, oh, that's just how they are. I approve of them. No. We have to stand our ground and live according to what God has called us to live unto. We are holy, we are righteous, and we don't mess around. We don't play games. See, love is not a feeling. It's not a feeling. Love is the truth. And sometimes the truth is going to hurt. Sometimes the truth is going to cause confrontation. You say, is that true? Look at Jesus. Everywhere he went, there was confrontation. And it was with the elite, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the church. See, how do you know you're living out the truth? It's going to be controversial. It will. Because it's going against the grain of this world. It's going against the system of this world. It's going against the prince of the air or the darkness of this air who is Satan. See, we know that he has a domain and is here on earth. But as Christians, we are no longer under his dominion. We have dominion in Christ. Come on. But guess what? That kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light, completely opposes the kingdom of darkness. The Bible says that you have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness, meaning you have come out of that kingdom and brought into the kingdom of his dear son. We're part of a different kingdom. Now, it said that he was annoyed, and he turned and said to her, Spirit, I I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and it came out that very hour. Notice he spoke with authority. Using what name? The name of Jesus. Using the name of Jesus. We have to learn how to speak to the issues, to the problems, to the things that try to arise within us. And a lot of times the reason why things come into our life is because what we yield our life to. What you're yielding your life to. What has precedence in your life today? If you hardly touch the word of God, if you hardly spend time with God, and all you do is live for the self and in the flesh, the flesh is going to override everything that God is wanting to do in your life. It will. The Bible says that when you live in the flesh, guess what? You're going to gratify the lust of the flesh. You just will. But if I live in the spirit and I subject my flesh to the spirit of God, I'll fulfill the fruit of the spirit. It will be produced out of my life. Love, joy, kindness, temperance. Goodness, self-control. Now, it said this, when her owner saw that their hope was go- or the hope of gain was gone, they weren't making any more money, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them to the marketplace before the rulers, and they brought them to the magistrates. They said, these men are Jews, and they are disturbing our city. <laughs> We're disturbing the city. We're disturbers. What do I mean by disturbers? I'm not talking about bringing a message of hate, just trying to cause a row just because we want to, because that's my take and my stand. No, that's pride. If it's not done in love, then don't do it at all. One step out of love is sin. But we are disturbers. And I'm talking about against the kingdom of this world, the darkness of this world. We are. 
who we are in Christ completely opposes the kingdom of this world. Just by your nature now, being in Christ, guess what? You're in opposition. Let's not become stagnant and complacent because of a fear of being looked differently at. Because of a fear of being told no. It's really quiet right now. I understand. Disturbing our city, they advocate customs that are not law for us as Romans to accept or practice. Man, this message preaches right now in this day. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. Man, if that's not just a message for right now in the day and age we live in. Look, I don't preach much into this because I'm very, very careful in how I speak. And I'm going to continue to do so until the Spirit of God allows me to say more. So I will be slow to speak. But you can just see how this lines up with what's going on in the day we live in. You just can. Let's not be ignorant. Let's not just play it safe. There's no such thing. I don't know whoever told you this. There's no such thing as safe church. Show me a scripture in the Bible. Uh, He will keep you safe. He will protect you. He will. You tell me in the Bible, in the New Testament especially, where they weren't martyred for their faith. That there wasn't resistance, there wasn't opposition. There was. And it said, the crowd joined and attacked them. There's verse 23. And they had inflicted many blows upon them, and they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them in an inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They were ministering to God. They were ministering unto the Lord. They're in a prison cell, ministering, praising him, singing hymns. Glory, glory, hallelujah, since I lay, come on, my burdens down. They were singing unto God, praising him. And I went to the enemy's camp, and I took back what he stole from me. You're going to have to learn how to give thanks in a moment of great adversity. You're going to learn how to give praise and rejoice unto the Lord no matter what you're facing. See, it was in the midnight hour that they began to sing praises and hymns unto God. Complaints not going to work. Worry, anxiety, me, oh me, God, where are you? You said you were going to do it, you're not doing it. None of that's going to do anything for him or for yourself, for your family, or for the region you're in. It just won't. It says that it is faith that pleases God. Faith has a sound. It is a sound of praise. It is a sound of rejoicing. It has a sound. These men are praising God. Now, it's very interesting to see that they're praising God still in chains, meaning that when we read this, we must understand that we don't praise when we get out of things. We pray when we're in the middle of things. You have to. Our expression is not from a place of feeling. 
or something manifesting itself, now I'm free. No, it's from a place of knowing his word, knowing who you are in him, then you are able to give thanks. See, there is power in thanksgiving. The Bible says this, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. We're not shrinking back. No. We're not destroyed. You are a victor in Christ. You have victory. You triumph through Christ. This mentality and attitude that just being a victim and everything that I go through life is hard and God's just never with me. Life's so hard. If you only knew the struggles that I went through, if you only know, man, you just, you just you can't relate to me because you didn't go through the same things that I've gone through. If you want to get into some difficult stories, some challenges, read the Bible. I mean, thank God you're not in a jail cell today for preaching the gospel. You could be. How would your response be? And you say, well, right now I feel like I'm in a jail cell because of what's going on in my life. And I understand. I get it. You're going to have to praise God. You're going to have to rejoice. You're going to have to give thanks unto God. Now, we must realize that we as a church make up the house of God. See, in the Old Testament, they were not. The saints were not a spiritual house. Israel was called the house of Israel, and the word house was used in the Old Testament. But these people were spiritually dead because they were not born again yet. The Old Testament priests offered up only physical sacrifices. Therefore, they were not a spiritual house. But can I tell you that under the New Covenant, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, it says that you also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, meaning the whole body of Christ, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So this verse says that a, as a holy priesthood, us, we are to what? Offer up spiritual sacrifice. I can tell you right now, and I wasn't there but when Paul and Silas were in that jail, it would have been a spiritual sacrifice to praise him. It would not have been easy. It would have took some being fervent in the spirit, having some zeal, having some passion and hunger for God, saying, I don't care. Sometimes I feel like when I read this, that maybe they get a joy out of just being in prison. Because it's for the Lord. I'll do whatever. I'll die for the Lord. Do you have a mentality like that today? I'll die for you, God. You may say, I don't know about that one. <laughs> God, enjoy my life. The Bible says lose your life. Not yet. Hold on. <laughs> I feel like I'm at the showtime in Apollo. I'm getting swept off. <laughs> That's funny. 
Was it that bad of an act? <laughs> Jokes. It says, we offer up our, or we offer up spiritual sacrifice. Now, what are the spiritual sacrifices we are to offer up? Anybody want to yell it out loud? Our bodies. Romans chapter 12. Go there. Familiar scripture. Verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present. Come on. When we come into this house, we present ourselves, present your body a living sacrifice. Notice it's living, not a dead sacrifice, not a beat up sacrifice, not one that's barely making it. No, it's a living sacrifice. This one is saying, I am here, God. I give you my life. Because of you, I'm alive. Because of you, I got hope. Because of you, I got peace. Because of you, I have faith to believe. I'm a living sacrifice that's holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, true New Testament worship includes the presenting of our bodies as a living sacrifice unto God. That's what worship is. That's what giving thanks is. See, the Bible says this is the spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God as a spiritual house and as a holy priesthood. Remember in 1 Peter 2, 5, you are lively stones built up on a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, offering up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Now, the King James Version of the Bible says we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Other translations say that we are to present our body as a spiritual worship, spiritual worship, or as a spiritual service of worship. The Bible calls this our reasonable service. Reasonable. See, it is part of true spiritual worship for believers under the New Testament, that's me and you, to offer our bodies unto God as a spiritual sacrifice. It takes a sacrifice, church. I don't know who told you you weren't going to sacrifice for the sake of God or for the sake of his name, but they lied. They're going to. It's going to cost you your sleep sometimes. It's going to cost you your comfort zone. It's going to cost you even your own personality. And see, this is why we understand that we're not destined for this world, that we're not even of this world, but we are chosen by God. Chosen to be a high calling, a priest of work, to do his work, to speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made from us, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Come on, 1 Peter 2, 9. That's who we are. We are chosen. We're holy. We're acceptable. See, when the church begins to worship God according to his plan for New Testament worship, that's what worship is. That's when things begin to change. That's when we begin to see breakthrough. That's when we begin to see an effect on a region of how a body worships God, how a body has a thanksgiving in their heart unto the Lord. Now, let's see somewhere else. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God wants transfigured bodies, and he wants transformed minds. He wants transformed bodies, and or transfigured bodies, and transformed minds. See, these are the spiritual sacrifices the Bible says that the believer is to offer up to God. Guess what? We bring something to the house of God. We are offering ourselves up to God. See, many people are trying to serve God with the same old, unrenewed mind they had before they were born again. 
This is why they're having so much trouble with their bodies. This is why they're having trouble with their thoughts. It takes work and discipline, guess what, to renew your mind. Can I get an amen? It takes work and discipline. It does. It doesn't come by simply attending church or by praying. It doesn't come overnight either. It requires diligent meditation in God's word and learning to change your ways and your patterns of thinking. Because there's patterns of thinking that you're just going to have to break out of. It's hard, man. Patterns of thinking to line up with what his word says. See, that's it. We are getting ourselves to a place where we line up with his word. We line up with what he says. We line up with what the spirit of God is speaking. we got to learn how to be sensitive to his word and to the spirit of God. You have to. He is speaking in this day and age. His word is not just a book. The Holy Bible is not just a book. The Bible says it is living, it's active. It's alive. It's living. It's his word. Literally, his words. As you read it, it's God speaking to you. You're always saying, God, speak to me. He is speaking to you through his word. That's how he speaks. And the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God will confirm his word to you. See, there is a sacrifice of praise. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 15, that we are to offer up to God this sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. So this is a sacrifice that is acceptable to God. It's part of our spiritual worship. The fruit of our lips is offering praise to God. That's part of True New Testament worship for the believer today. Come on. Ephesians 5.20 says, Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus. In Hebrews 13.15 again, By him being Jesus, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips. Giving thanks to his name. What do you think about the sacrifice of praise? What do you think the Bible's saying here? And how are you going to offer it up to God? When it comes to the sacrifice of praise, let's look at this verse again. It says, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving what? Thanks to his name. Therefore, the Bible says that New Testament praise is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Let's look at a couple different scriptures real quick about the fruit of our lips. Philippians 3.1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Philippians 4.4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. 18 and 16. Rejoice evermore. Verse 18 says, in everything, give Thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. you got to be thankful. Thankfulness. Give thanks. You mean even when I don't feel like it? Even when you don't feel like it? Even when I'm having the toughest month of my life? Even when you're having the toughest year of your life? Give thanks. There is power 
and give me thanks. See, we cannot thank God for the devil's work. That would be unscriptural. We aren't to thank God for what the devil is doing, but in the midst of it, we can give praise or thanks to God. It's not about saying, oh, thank you, devil. Hallelujah. I get to go through another trial today. No. But even in the midst of your trial, even in the midst of an attack, even in the midst of sometimes what you do personally, because that's what a lot of times how things come by, is by what you yield your life to and what you give into. And that's through a lack of maturity and a lack of development. And that's okay. You can grow in God. You can always grow. Hallelujah. But when it does come to a spiritual attack, the enemy's attacking you, guess what? Even in the midst of it, give thanks. Give thanks. The Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 through 20. Be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19, speaking to yourself. Be filled in the Spirit, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Guess what? It's okay to speak to yourself. You're not crazy. Speak to yourself. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember this. Jesus said that the New Testament emphasizes the individual believer being filled with the Spirit, worshiping God in the Spirit. True worshipers who will what? Worship him in spirit and in truth. That's what he said in John chapter 4. True worshipers. So we are being filled with the spirit, worshiping God in the spirit. Now in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 20, we can see that the offering up of the spiritual sacrifice of praise and the fruit of giving thanks, or the fruit of our lips giving thanks, See, one filled with the Spirit will be full of thanksgiving. When we're full of the Spirit, I'm full of thanksgiving. When I'm empty and I'm in the flesh, when I'm empty and I'm in the flesh and I'm relying on self again, I can't be thankful. No, I'll begin to magnify the problem above God. Remember this little cliche thing, just quick and short. What you magnify, you multiply. You've heard that a thousand times, I'm sure, but it's true. What you magnify, you multiply. Meaning what you constantly speak about, what you feed, it's going to grow. It's going gonna, it's gonna to multiply. It's going to increase. And it's going to be the only thing that you think of. Have you ever talked about something so much that that literally becomes your life? And you become into this, you come fallen to this place of deception and lie that Man, I really am what I've been speaking this whole time. I am a failure. I'm not good enough. I can't do what he's called me to do. I've made too many mistakes. I can't find another church because I've already messed up in all the other churches or all the other churches is always wrong me and hurt me. I understand your pain. I understand that you've gone through some things and you will continue to go through things. 
but it's how you go through those things. And maybe you've done it in a way of relying on the flesh and relying on who you are. But can today, can I help you? No longer be filled with yourself, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And then out of that place, thanksgiving can be made. Thanksgiving can be made. See, true New Testament worship is a life of thanksgiving. Think about what a difference giving thanks will make in you. I mean, you start, you start talking positive. You start thanking God, even in the midst of everything. It'll change your mind. It'll change your attitude. It'll change your heart. It'll change your perception. Everything. It will. See, God's plan for you is to be filled with the Spirit, singing and making melody and giving thanks always. That is true New Testament worship. Why am I saying true New Testament worship? Because we're New Testament believers. See, notice that the New Testament puts emphasis on being filled with the Spirit and on worshiping God in the Spirit. Do you know that you can even dance in the Spirit? You can even laugh in the Spirit? You're saying, really? Can I do it? Yeah. For sure. Don't try to put a limit on God. You ever laughed in the Spirit before? Some of you look at me like, heck no. What is that? I understand. We'll get there. Don't worry. I'm, I'm helping you get there. You're going to have to learn how to come into this place and just undo yourself and allow the Spirit of God to work in you. You say, well, don't they get a little weird? Look, a little wildfire is good. Let's not get to a place where we're just so just stuck up and don't allow anything to move. The Spirit of God wants to move. He wants to manifest himself. The Bible says even when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit that it is the Spirit of God who wills it or who allows it. But he ain't going to manifest himself if we're not open to receive what he wants to do. He just won't. And I want to help you today and encourage you, let's get to a place where we receive what he wants to do. No matter how weird it may be, no matter how awkward it may seem, if it's scriptural and biblical, then it's for us today. When's the last time you saw somebody receive a miracle in their body? When's the last time you saw somebody get prophesied to? When's the last time you saw someone experience the power of God and it completely transformed their life? And you say, oh, I was one of those people. Amen. But there's a lot more people in this area that need it. I'm going to finish with this. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 through 7. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Rooted. Actually, let's go back. Walk in him. Actually, go back. Receive him. You can't walk in him, be rooted in him, built up in him, and established in him until you receive him. So I receive Christ as Lord. Now I'm walking in him. And as I walk in him, I'm being rooted and built up in him. And that is where I'm established in faith, in the faith. Just as you were taught. Notice that it comes by teaching. Teaching. It says this, abounding in thanksgiving. Abounding. Abounding. In thanksgiving. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Abounding in thanksgiving. Abounding. 
Psalms 95, 1 through 2. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Is this in your heart today? Do you feel faith in you today? Come on. Do you feel faith in you today? Faith has a sound. See, there is power in thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.